Yeah. Lots of TV work. I, or something. Yeah. 
He's one of those unsung character actors that you just don't see enough of. Uh, but, uh, not yeah, I thought he did great. He's been in the business for a while. Yeah. Yeah, he was awesome as that uh, blind man. And I'm looking forward to the further adventures of him. Uh, I guess we'll throw a spoiler alert out there. Uh, <laughs> because, uh, I don't know. It's. I don't know. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I did not understand some of the stuff in it, uh, like uh, the cheat shots. You know, he, he shot that one like, gangster wannabe dude in the cheek, and which killed him. Yeah. Uh, which made no sense. Uh, and then the, the, the again, spoilers here, the girl <laughs> he had in his uh, basement you know, she gets shot again in the cheek. Oh, right. And she dies from <laughs> it. I didn't remember uh, that. It uh, well, it doesn't make any sense why. And then the, the the one scene where it seems like he dies, you know, he falls down the shaft and that gun he's got goes off, shoots him in the side. And uh, I'm watching this with my brother, who's like an expert on firearms, and he's like, there's no yeah. way I can have that gun. There's no way. <laughs> Uh, it's the way the gun is is made now. He's like, he'd have to have a gun for a wild west for it to do that, and that's not what that is. So, well, some sort of a hair trigger or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, well, I can't remember the terminology he used. It wasn't a single action, which would have done that. It was a double action. Oh, okay. I didn't even realize I think that. That's what it was. I didn't pay too close attention to it. I, I wasn't really into it. Yeah, I don't... You know, I I don't know. I, I don't usually watch stuff like that, but I wanted to give it a chance because of Stephen Lang. Yeah. Uh, but that scene with the church baser was nasty. Yeah. I was wondering if you're going to bring that up, yeah. Uh, well, so, I mean, we've already dropped the, the spoiler tag here, so... Oh, yeah. He, yeah. He, you know, you think he's going to straight up just bust in her, but he uh, he's somehow, like, got his stuff frozen. He's frozen his semen, I guess. Uh, I don't know what it is, man. It looks green, too, which is really weird. And, and he's, he's got a, a turkey baster, and he, he warms this stuff up in some sort of, like, little hot pot or little, uh, um, little hot plate he's got over in the corner. And, uh, yeah. He sucks it up in a turkey baster, and he's going to squirt it all in. Doesn't she, like, stick it in his mouth or some shit at one point? She, like, yeah, shoves it down his yeah throat. she jams it in his mouth, so he's coughing up his own semen. So what I'm hoping with the sequel that they're apparently going to do uh, is that he's addicted to it. He cannot get enough oh, of it now. Shut up. You're making that shut up. away with it. <laughs> He just loves just his own it. blend. Uh, yeah, exactly. He's just taking semen shots and shit. Oh, you just can't get enough, man. That was weird. That was that was really weird. Um, how they just threw that in there with like no real real explanation. Like I mean, yeah, he's blind, but he can still, you know, he's strung this chick up. I mean, he's got her, you know, basically hanging there, you know, spread. Spread eagle for him, so I mean, he can he can do his thing naturally. 
Yeah, he, he, he flat out says, I'm not a rapist. I was like, okay, this is where you draw the line. I'm uh, not a rapist. Wait, yeah, wait, that's wait. exactly what he said. I'm not going to do that. Like, what, what do you think sticking stuff in people when they don't want it is? I mean, it may make you feel better about it because you're not sticking your own junk in there, but it's really no better for them. Well, whatever. That's just, I was, you know, he, his, his mind was so broken uh, that it was like, okay, whatever. This is just another example of him being fucked up. But uh, <clears throat> I thought it was funny how he had it behind his back, I guess to hide it from her at this point, even though she's been watching him, you know, cook up, a, you know, a, a bowl of his old man pudding in a hot plate. Yeah. He hides it behind his back, and it drips out. This long, stringy thing for no reason. Yeah. Uh, they just wanted to show it. Oh, I know. They wanted to put that gross out factor in there, I guess. Yeah. And they have him just yeah. start looking on it to get it moved up, ready to go. Oh, oh, man. Well, this director, <laughs> you know, is the guy who did... Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and get away from that. This this director, you know, Fetty Alvarez, is the one who did the Evil Dead remake. Uh, see, I haven't seen all of that. Uh, so that's actually why I wanted to watch this, because I actually, I watched it the first time. I was just kind of, you know, uh, middle of the road on it, and I watched it again, and I really like the film for what it does, you know, as a standalone movie. If you could watch that and, not, you know, not consider The Evil Dead at all, because, uh, you know, you, <laughs> you can't really compare it because it's a much more serious and tone movie. Even to the original, yeah. <laughs> but uh, all the gore effects were great in it. Um, but but that's why I wanted to see this. Plus, everybody's been ranting and raving about it. Yeah, uh, I'm glad I watched it. I, I thought I'll revisit it, but it was fine. Yeah, either it, it was uh, probably one of my. My, one of my favorite horror movies of 2016 because there hasn't been shit to come out. I mean, I, mean, I haven't seen a lot of the stuff that is out. Um, you know, yeah. it's all been like straight to DVD releases. There's a lot of stuff I need to watch, but um, I saw that. I saw Conjuring 2. Um, uh, that's I all I can think of that. off the top of my head. Did you watch that one? No. <laughs> I wasn't a fan of the first one, so I just yeah. uh, I couldn't bring myself to watch the second one. Yeah, he got mad that you so, didn't like it. I know he's still mad. He's still mad. <laughs> you know, he was like, "You want to watch the Conjuring two with me?" Because he still wanted to watch it. I was like, "Dude, I did not like the yeah. first one, and your ass left me in the last like twenty minutes of it." Just to see if I would get scared to death. So no, you're on your own with that. And he was so pissed. He, he just he just can't accept the fact that I don't like the contrary. Well, you don't uh, like spook house type movies. You just generally don't don't like that that genre. Of movies, I, I can't get into You know, I, I can't get into the whole the whole you know jump scare shit. It just that that pisses me off more than a lot of things in film. Because it's I a agree. cheap thing for me. Well, Conjuring uh, does some of that. But but it also does you know it also does some legitimate scares I think that are that are not quite as cheap. 
Now, I don't hate The Conjuring. I don't at all. I think it's got a cool setting. I love the 70s setting. Uh, it starts off pretty well, but for me, towards the end, it just turns into the same stuff I've seen before. Uh, now, I, it may be hypocritical because, you know, I watch, you know, Godzilla movies and shit and older horror stuff, which, granted, yeah. they don't add a whole lot to the play at the end, but it's just something to them that I enjoy that the newer stuff doesn't typically have. Uh, but uh, the, the trade-off for not watching that with him is I watch Don't Breathe. Oh, okay. Uh, so, hopefully he's, he's not all blood hurt. Did he like it? Yeah, yeah, he enjoyed it. But, I mean, he and I were both shaking our heads at, at parts of it. You know, he yeah. him with the weapon stuff. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he, he enjoyed it just fine. Well, uh, we can go and get off this movie in just a minute, but uh, what I hated was just a lot of the dumb shit that, like, she did towards the end. Um, yeah, I was just like, just fucking leave, just leave, just get the fuck out of there. Like, you don't have the keys yeah. to the car, just get out and walk. You know, he was gonna come out and do some shit. Yeah, with a bigger turkey baster. <laughs> he's got like a, a calm cannon. He just starts starts blasting her with it. Was that uh, what part two is gonna be? I hope so, man. I he's hope gonna the have like holsters and shit. Oh, man. Just basters all around his belt. <laughs> uh, it just <laughs> turns into like a like, dark comedy, man. Like, open Don't wide, break two. You know. Basters. <laughs> basters. Oh, man. Uh, I just found your Blu-ray of the death of Superman Liz. i got to put that back to you. I was wondering if you still had that. Did you ever watch that? Yeah, I did. I watched it soon after you you owned it to me, man. I thoroughly. I was. I mean, I don't. I don't want it back or anything. I was just curious if if you still had it because uh, yeah. it's actually on Showtime now to fucking watch. I wish I hadn't bought it. Oh, there is a lot of special features on there, though. Uh, yeah. I really wish yeah. they yeah. they made that movie. Oh, I did too, man. I think at the time everybody would have shit all over it, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think time would have been kind to it, at least as a cult classic. You know, they seem to have a lot more to offer than say Batman and Robin. Oh yeah, they could have made that, and uh, like Tommy Wiseau could have played the giant spider. <laughs> it's just this. His head superimposed on it with that horrible, <laughs> you know, mid to late nineties CGI. Oh yeah, It'd be awesome. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, the other newer movie that I watched that I really enjoyed was uh, Sicario. Oh yeah, yeah, I like that one too. That was excellent. That was uh, brutal. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, and, you know, the casting was great. I mean, you know, Emily Blunt was. You you fell for. You really did. Yeah. But you know, but, uh, Benicio del Toro, as usual, he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I've come to really like. Uh, do what? Go ahead. 
No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I've come to really like Emily Blunt as an actress. She's done a lot well, of stuff I really in, enjoyed. Um, uh, yeah, End of Tomorrow, she was great in. Yeah. Yeah, that's mainly what I'm thinking about. But, uh, now, was Emily Blunt in The Wolfman with, with uh, Del Toro? Oh, fuck, man. I don't know. I have no idea. I to Google. I remember that one was in. Yeah. yeah I, I, to I, Google, I guess. Yeah, you're right, dude. Sound. I had no idea. Okay. Yeah, that just occurred to me when uh, she was in there. Did I watch this in the theater? I don't think you and I saw it together. I may have watched it by myself. Uh, I watched it uh, one night. I was still working there. Yeah, right, I watched it. Oh, whatever. It was a terrible, terrible film. Well, it was back like I was getting uh, Rue Morgue or some some horror magazine I was getting in the mail, uh, either Rue Morgue or, or a Horror Hound. You know, like a print magazine. They even make those anymore. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was a big article in there, and like three years later, it actually came out. And I was like really excited. It was like fucking Benicio and Anthony Hopkins and this is the Wolfman. And I fucking hate that movie, dude. I'm never going to watch it again. That's what I hate about the Wolfman, man. It has so much potential. And it had, you know, you know, they had, I can't remember who the first director attached was, but it seemed like it's one of those projects that had a hell of a lot of promise when it started. But by the end... They were just, you know, they, you know, they lost the director and shit, and they didn't want to lose all their actors, so they just shit out a movie. You know, the movie was, looks good. That's it. Yeah, I mean, you just with that kind of cast and that, you know, that that kind of people behind the special effects. I mean, all star. I mean, it's an all star group of people. Um, I guess it is. maybe studio interference, maybe. Um, I don't know. Once uh, Rick Baker, you know, does uh, the Wolfman effect. Yeah. You know, the yeah. non-CGI stuff was great. Yeah, the non-CGI. Uh, it's just, that's, uh, to me, it reminds me of why I, I hate public enemies. You know, great cast, great director, yeah. nothing worked. Like, nothing worked in that movie. Yeah, uh, you told me, and I'm not going to watch it. I'm not even going to bother watching it. God. Just yeah, it's it's something that you know. There's everything's there for it to be good, but just somebody just fucked up royally, and you cannot afford to fuck up with something that costs 150 million to make. You know, it's like they just were like, "Well, you know, we've got all these people and all that, and it'll work itself out." And no, yeah. man, you know, you still got to do something here, buddy. <laughs> but. Uh, uh, yeah, going back to Sicario, though, I was thoroughly impressed. I'd heard great things about it, and it lived up to it. Good. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the the violence in, in Canada is rather quickly spilling over into the, into the border states. Yeah. So I think we're going to see more and more of that until, you know, somebody cracks down on the crime and, the, you know, the... Uh, Mafias and the cartels go, you know, that are basically doing all the politics in, in Mexico right now. Somebody's gonna have to do something. 
Uh, that's the thing. And I had this discussion with my brother. It's like, why the fuck are we so involved with the Middle East when we're letting a country right on our border yeah. go to complete shit and it is affecting us? You know, I really, really think we should we should intervene militarily because we do it anyway, but this way we can get rid of these shitheads. Yeah. And, uh, I, it, to me, it makes more sense to have a stable... United America, North and South America, you know, it it just doesn't make any sense why we leave that right there, and we go halfway across the world to deal with oil when there's mm-hmm. oil in South America, you know, Venezuela's gone to shit, but they they sit on one of the biggest oil reserves on the planet. What yeah. with them? I mean, if you want to truly live up to American ideals, what we need to be. In American benevolence, do that. Quit being cum dumpsters and fucking with the Middle East. So I know they don't want to do that. Uh, I don't know, man. It's uh, yeah. I don't really know a whole lot to say about it, uh, other than it's unfortunate. Because if you look it's at disgusting. the uh, the the number of murders in Mexico, like no. they're like. I mean, three thousand percent up from what they were like five years ago. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, like a staggering amount of increase in in murders and violence there. But uh, there's no signs of stopping. And uh, most of that, I guarantee you, is right around the northern border with us. Yeah. Well, that's that's. I mean, we're the money. You know, they're. Yeah. Getting the drugs to sell to us, eventually, you know. Um, middle Mexico may be fine, for the most part, because there's really no reason for them to get all involved in that. <laughs> well. Um, I, I'm not going to test that out, granted. <laughs> but, uh, it, it's all it, split up between the cartels. All They have, they have their own borders. Who well, owns yeah. what, you know. Uh, you know, the government uh, is just total shit, you know. I feel for the people of Mexico. I really do. I see why they're trying to stream over here to get away from that shit. Yeah. I really do. Uh, but, uh, then we're going to get into politics, and I don't want to bog this down with that. Yeah, well, uh, real quick, I'm looking at, at Mark uh, Romanek's filmography here. He was the original director of uh, The Wolfman. Why was he so uh, sought after to be that fucking director, dude? This guy hadn't done anything. I don't know. I thought there was a different... Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of that other Wolverine Origins movie that had a a better director at first. Well, the, Joe Johnson's who actually directed The Wolfman. That's the guy who did The Rocketeer. And he did Joe one of the Captain America is, movies, too. Uh, yeah, he did the first one. That's but Joe my Johnson favorite one. also did um, Jumanji. And he did uh, oh, yeah. Jurassic Park three. Yeah, he's he's really spotty. Uh, yeah, I mean I, I don't know. I mean he's basically a director for hire. And that's I mean, the thing. If the material was okay, I think Joe Johnson's going to be fine. If the material's not good, he can't work well with it. Jurassic Park three is notoriously a cautious <laughs> one. I mean, it was redoing the script <laughs> while filming. Right. Uh, you know, William H. Macy was very vocal about that. He hated that. So I'm guessing by the time the Wolfman script was just shit, 
and uh, there wasn't much he could do with that. Um, whereas, say, Captain America was a good script, good cast, so it worked out, you know. Um, yeah. Rocketeer was fine, you know. I'd like uh, to go back and watch it. I know your dad was a big fan of it. Yeah, he took us to see it at North Park back in 91. I distinctly oh, wow. remember that. Um, that was fun. Thank you, guys. May have the, you may have the VHS or... We rented it quite a bit. If we didn't own it, somebody owned it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, hmm. Um. But uh. Oh. Uh. uh I, you go ahead if, if you got something new. That you. Want I was going to say we can. Uh, you know. Go back, uh, go back a few years. Uh, you and I watched uh, Hard Ticket to Hawaii and uh, Malibu Express oh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, man, that was. And uh, I, I think I may have found my new favorite director. That shit was fun. I'm gonna have to pick those up for myself. Uh, oh, I guess on YouTube, I can check them out there. Yeah, you can borrow the set from me if you want. But I mean, the whole set's like. I mean, it was like six bucks plus shipping. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Uh, like ten movies, oh, man. Well, for those two movies alone, it's well worth it. But this is uh, this is Andy Sedaris. Yeah, this is uh, who we're talking about here, the director and and writer of these movies. Probably like Hard Ticket to Hawaii is probably his uh, most popular movie. Um, I can see why. And even then, it's it's not that. You know, he's not well-known, I don't think. No, this he's is one like, of those. Uh, go ahead. I'll go ahead. No, I'm just saying, he's just one of those directors that, you know, is mostly overlooked as just a trash film director, which I, I, I can't refute that, but he's got his his followers, and I, I love that kind of stuff. Those are the kind of films I probably would have enjoyed working on. You know, if I could have yeah. been working yeah. on with back in the 80s. Not the big budget shit where everybody's all over my ass. But, you know, I could just go down to, you know, freaking, I don't know, uh, the, the Christian bookstore, buy like a, a snake puppet for the Adam and Eve thing, and then put things and shit on it, blow it up with the with the rock and washer, and then I've done my bed. <laughs> I've really snake. That was awful, man. I'm trying to find the director I'm thinking of. Like uh uh Jim Jim Warnorski is who I'm thinking of is kind of who this guy reminds me of. Um mainly because they both always throw like women with giant titties in the movies. There were so many titties in those movies. Oh, so many, but they were they were great, man. Like, I mean, they they could have been like nasty and floppy for back in those days, but these were like, I mean, he went like he, that was probably his entire budget was spent on paying oh, yeah. these like ex Playboy playmates to be in his movie. Yeah, well, he knew his titties. Yeah. I'll give him that definitely. Hey, uh, damn connoisseur, man! Like. I mean, if you if you're gonna get a pair, he he definitely got a good pair. I mean, I've seen plenty of old movies from around that period of time that 
where you know you don't want to see that anything above like 380p. You know. Oh man, that's the thing. Like uh, like the Russ Meyer movies, as fun yeah. and ridiculous as those can be, he like he like breasts that were just like way way too big. And on that, oh yeah, for me, <laughs> uh, I mean, they were like straining. You know, it's almost like they had to go back to the foyer and they had to remove sounds of these things, like, like, like popping and shit. Yeah, it's a, you can hear the veins. Uh, yeah, exactly. You, you had all the spider veins that keep showing up on <laughs> the things. But uh, now I'm definitely going to go back and watch both of those and all the rest of that set. Um, hard ticket to Hawaii stars uh, Ron Moss and a bunch of uh, Playboy models, basically. Yeah. Like they've done nothing else other than his movies. Uh, you know, and, and it's like I was saying when we were watching it, this is the stuff that that we would have definitely seen on, like, the free Showtime weekend or Cinemax. Yeah. Cinemax more than Showtime. Uh, you know, you catch a titty here and there. And uh, now, this was full of titties and much better than a lot of the softcore shit you'd see on those channels. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, much better quality movie. Well, that's the thing. You know, besides that, it was fun. You know, it yeah, was it was stupid, so much but fun. it was really fun. Uh, you know, the, the hero ridiculous. couldn't shoot for shit. Yeah. She's running gag, and it had, like, the, the incredibly fat and retarded family who keeps challenging him to drag races. You know, what was his name? Bobo Buffett? <laughs> right. Whatever the fuck his name He kept was. losing. He kept yeah. losing. Yeah, he did. Until he put a uh, fire extinguisher to the back of his DeLorean, his red DeLorean. That's right. And then he yes, won. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Oh, they get so pissed off that he won, too. They do. They all have strokes. You know, it's funny. Yeah. I, I mentioned uh, Deadly Prey to you the other night. We need to watch that one, too. It's it's coming up as, uh, as recommended on IMDb based on this. Oh, man, yeah. There's, there's a lot of stuff we have to catch up on. Well, let me read you all the ones I... recommended here. We got Malibu Express. Savage Beach, which is another Sedaris movie. Picasso Trigger, which is another Sedaris movie. Mal- uh, a Miami Connection, Deadly Prey, and Samurai oh. Cop. Those are like all great movies. I've seen Miami Connection and Samurai Cop. Yeah. Uh, and the other two are in that set, though. Well, uh, that, have you seen Miami Savage Connection? Savage Beach and Picasso Trigger. Yeah, I've seen Miami Connection. Okay, okay. Because I know, uh, you know, for anybody listening, as of right now, I think it's still on Amazon Prime. Oh, is it? Uh, it was on uh, Netflix. Same with Samurai Cop. Yeah, yeah, it was. And Netflix is a keep shit on that wall. But, yeah, uh, got yeah. short life. Those are still on there. Um, but uh, See, yeah, I just have to say, those movies are highly recommended if you're sitting back and, and drinking with friends. They're oh, perfect yeah. for that. Oh, yeah, man. I had a great time watching both those movies. Oh, same here. 
Yep. What time are our copies still on? It is still on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, I ended up, after you left, I put in Samurai Cop before I passed out. <laughs> um, remember when we tried to watch Samurai Cop 2? Yeah. Yeah. Which, strangely enough, does have uh, Tommy Wiseau in it. Yeah, Tommy Wiseau is going to be one of those where he has one thing, and just that one thing that is hilarious, because now he knows. That people are yeah. just going to laugh at. I mean, he's going to act like he, he knew that the whole time. Uh, nothing else that he does is going to be worth a shit. That's unfortunate, man. It's almost one of those things where you're like, we need to keep this quiet from him, but give him fuckloads of money so he keeps making this shit. And then we have all these, like, a whole series of gems, you know. And, uh, but no, no. It's too late now. Oh, he's already been on that train, man. He's uh, He's been milking the room forever. Yeah. <clears throat> That's what I'm saying, man. He's going to... He's always going to have that. But, uh... Like, they do screenings, like, yeah. nightly in L.A., and he shows up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh... I guess we could... Talk about a little bit of news here. Do you have any other movies you wanted to mention? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, the series, um, Ash vs. Evil Dead. Okay. I don't know how far you are in season two. I have one more, one more episode, and I did finally get to see, uh, what's the bitch in the uh, seller's name? Henrietta? Yes. Yeah, that was awesome. And it's and it's and it's it's Ted Raimi again. Oh, it is. I, I, it looks like it. I don't see why the hell. Oh, wow. I think it is, man. I'm fairly certain I saw the credits and it's him. That's that's cool. Uh, because I mean he comes back early in that season anyway as a different character. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, I I well, enjoyed, I I enjoyed it all right. But uh, I, I didn't. I'm not gonna ruin it for you. I just did not care for the way it ended. No, uh, and I'm, that's kind of why I put it off. You know, it's just been one of those things that uh, I really haven't been into season two. You know, honestly. Um, well, I mean, maybe a little bit in the beginning, more so. But uh, it's just the whole show in general I haven't really been that crazy about. I mean it's it's been okay. I don't think it's badly done. I just it's it's like something I didn't want, you know. Something I didn't want and I don't need. You know, I can I can find something else to watch, you know. It just seems like a wasted effort for these guys like I'd rather see all of these people that are involved go make something else that's new and different. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you 100%. I mean, I don't need to see, you know, Groovy Bruce, you know, macking on, you know, college chicks anymore. I mean, it's it's very one note, you know. I mean, it's I think they they've done a good job of what they had. I mean, it's it's better than you would imagine, you know, than you would and imagine that, it would uh, be. But. That that's what it is for me. You know, it could be a hell of a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's sad that we have to say it like that. 
Yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's not a bad little show, but it's like you said, man, they they did this already in Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, yeah. which to me is a mixture of those two. Right. Uh, but, you know, some of the, 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 the language... For me, I hear words like fuck and motherfucker and, and shit yeah. like that are out of place with this stuff. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't add anything to it. You know, and I don't know. Bruce Campbell is fine in it, but the, the best part about season two to me was when his car got possessed. Now, I did enjoy yeah. that, but that's it. There's been bits and pieces that I enjoyed. I enjoyed the episode when Ted Ramey first showed up um, as his old buddy. I thought that was a fun episode. I don't really remember it all that well. I, I don't like the addition of Lucy Lawless. I don't like her being in there. I know she's just shoehorned in there because of uh, you know Roger Tappert's married to him or married to her. Yeah, uh, and he's like basically. From what I've heard, like totally taking over control of this whole project and run a lot of people off, you know, a lot of the cast and a lot of the other uh, production crew, because he's trying to have full creative control over it. But I may not have another season. I don't know. I'm sure it ends with some sort of a weird cliffhanger. It does. Uh, But honestly, with the direction it's been taken, I, I don't think it could. I mean, it could be worse if it, you know, I don't know, man. But it, there's a lot of room for improvement, let me put it that way. So it may not be a bad thing that he's doing that. But uh, because it seems to me like the humor of today, which I I guess I'm just getting old, it doesn't do it for me at all. I don't like the humor of the 2010s. Uh and trying to shoehorn humor from the 80s into that and mix them together, which to do with a lot of stuff, you know, with revisiting yeah. a lot of that nostalgia, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily work to me. Uh, the, the 80s to me is the last time when you really had that grittiness, that, that, uh, that horror humor and everything to it before everything started to get pussified starting in the 90s. Yeah. You still see plenty of it in the nineties, but the two thousands is a different animal than what you and I grew up with. Yeah. Let me just uh, read you a few a few examples of, of what rubs me the wrong way here. Um this is some quotes from uh, season two. Uh brand spanking new hand or brand new spanking hand? Yeah, man. There's so many of these, God. Okay, Henrietta. No one escapes their destiny, Ash. Yours is to watch me suck out your soul. Make sure you suck on both barrels. Um, and, And the whole thing with him going back in time, that was fucking weird to me, too. Did you think that was oh, that was kind of stretching it? Um, I, again, dude, that's them really pushing for that nostalgia factor to me. Going back there, what is it, nineteen eighty one? Yeah. 
Well, that I mean, that's been the whole thing of the show. I mean, they've been, I mean, they're just playing off nostalgia. You know, they're playing off fans of the original, eating this shit up. And I mean, granted, I'm sure people do a lot of the time, but I mean, it's the same reason Star Wars is so popular right now. You know, I mean, it's all nostalgia. Yeah, and it's almost like at this point. It feels like to me Hollywood is feeding on itself, you know, shit that's already killed before. But then again, you know, there have been remakes forever and shit like that. Yeah. But I don't. I, yeah. I wonder if if, if the nostalgia worship has been as pronounced as it is now. I don't think it has because now you see, you know, granted. You know, I think in the 70s, they started having an assault thing because uh, the Marx Brothers and the old silent, you know, the earlier comedians that became big again for a few years. But uh, you didn't have the merchandising juggernaut to back it up. And that's what the big issue is now because you go to FYE or anywhere today and you see these little candy tents of NES stuff like Mario or Zelda. And shit like that, stuff we grew up with, the stuff that we never had as a kid. I would have eaten eaten that up as a kid, and now it's just I, I don't know. It it's it's obvious that they're just catering too hard to that that nostalgia. And it's it's getting to be too much for me. Me too. But I mean, uh, as long as people buy it, it's gonna keep being there. Well, I mean oh, it's yeah. like, you know, they just released the new Nintendo, um the NES Mini or whatever they're they're calling it, classic. You know, and the the yeah, it's got a few different names that are just going by, but you know, what I'm talking about the little bitty thing that's preloaded yeah. with a few. You know, it's got like 30 games on it or something, and it, it you know it hooks up HDMI, but uh, you know, it sounds like a really cool idea, and it is, but you know, Japan only released like a hundred thousand over here or some shit. It wasn't nearly enough to fill the demand. Now it's eBay's filled with uh, people, you know, scalping these things for ridiculous amounts of money. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's not that important to me. I don't have to have one, you know. I can, you know, I can play these games on my telephone if I want to, you know. And, you know, and there's things about it that uh, what they should have done is put a little package on there, basing it to no stuff. And then giving you the option of downloading others onto there. But I don't think they had that option. Uh, but, I mean, you're right. It's like the, the first course that came with it were like two feet long or something. They were way too small. I've been hearing a lot of people bitching. And uh, it's like they almost the just too short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way too short. Because now you need something like 16 feet long or something, you know. Or wireless. That's what they should have done if they didn't. Uh, but, yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's what it is. It's the nostalgia machine going into overdrive. And they're going to, you know, within 10 years, they're going to move past us and into people from the 90s. Uh, because they're going to be the ones who are going to be spending all the big bucks. Yeah, once they've drained us, once the 90s kids actually grow up and 
uh, well, I guess they're already growing up, but once they get decent jobs, <laughs> decent paying jobs. Yeah. I mean, look at all facets of everything. I mean, uh, action movies, you know, any sort of, uh, you know, fandom that they can achieve, you know, horror movies. You know, that's that's one that I talk about just because I see a lot of that. Uh, you know, these people just, just totally raping these fans just because they can, you know. Because yeah. these people have the money now to buy really cool, expensive shit. You know, say you want to buy a prop or something, you know, you can do that and have the have the actor sign it in front of you, you know. But it, it's going to continue until people stop paying for it. Uh, yeah, I don't know when that'll happen. If the recession <laughs> didn't stop that, then I just don't see what's going to stop it. Uh, it's the same way you like, you look at uh, like NECA, that toy company that I actually do yeah, uh, a lot of this stuff. Perfect example. Uh, you know, the alien and predator things are doing right now. They've been doing Evil Dead. Uh, but what they're doing right now, which I actually think is cool, is they are redoing the old Kenner alien and predator figures from the 90s that you and I loved. And... Uh, they're doing really well. I'm actually looking forward to actually seeing how some of the alien ones look once uh, yeah. once they get them around here. But the Predator ones have been coming out. But uh, that that's all it is. I mean, people today are really not, they don't really care about any of that. You know, the younger people, I guess. People did not grow up with that. The older people as well. But, uh, yeah. It's it's really going to be that that little block of people who grew up with that, like you and I did, who are going to be like, oh, fuck, you know, that was awesome. Walking into KB Toys and seeing these things three for $5, and now you have to pay like 25 bucks for one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Hot Toys and Sideshow are doing the same things. Uh it's not all a bad thing. I'm glad to get some stuff now that just was not available when we were younger. You know, McFarlane was doing this. He was milking the shit out of this at the time. He was doing the same thing, yeah. He was, but his his quality was was horrible. I mean, I've, I still have a bunch of his stuff that's just been sitting in a box, falling apart, literally. Uh, but it's just... Uh, the neck of stuff is held up much better. Uh, so I'll give them that over McFarlane. They're also doing a lot more with it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, like you said, is a perfect example of it. Like, I just saw the other day uh, the Donatello figure from uh, the Ninja Turtles movie from 1990. Uh, yeah. And it looks awesome. I mean, if you you should look that up online or whatever, just see how cool that looks. It looks just like those things. I just, you know, I I just don't have that interest to get anything like that. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess it'd be nice to have, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, whatever. If people want to do that, that's fine. You know, more power to them. It just, it's uh. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of sad that it's that it's come to that. Um, you know, 
but I don't know. Oh man, yeah, dude, a lot of these Andy Sadars films on uh, YouTube. I'm just throwing one in to have it in the background. Do you think it's is it going to be edited though? Uh, well, we'll find out. Uh, the first one I tried to sign on to wanted me to verify my age, which I fucking hate. You know, I'm well beyond that point where I need to do that shit, so I don't even fuck with it. Uh, then I just went to another one, Do or Die, 1991, and I'm, I'm just waiting for some titties. It won't be long. No. Um, so, okay, well, those are covered. We'll see. Uh, but I guess getting back to stuff that I've been catching up on that I should have watched a long time ago. Uh, oh God! Uh, the one I watched last night for the first time in a long time was uh, People versus Larry Flint. Yeah. Uh, which I I really liked the movie. Uh, I did not realize they filmed parts of it in Mississippi. Wait, uh, what movie is this? The People versus Larry Plant. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, I think I do remember that. There was some of the yeah. stuff when they were kids, right? Uh, it was uh, the the scene where he shot. Uh, oh, okay. No, it wasn't. That at was all. that was filmed in Sinatobia. And, uh, yeah. Some of the other stuff was filmed in Oxford. Huh. I don't know where the fuck uh, Cenotopia is, but I've heard of it before. I have to. I, I'm trying. It's probably North Mississippi, honestly. Uh, I can't remember. I keep getting it mixed up with Satarsha, which nobody knows about. Uh, that's I've heard of it that's too. That's where my grandfather's from. That's where. I, that's close to Yazoo. Oh yeah. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it, you know. Uh, Courtney Love is not easy on the eyes, but I enjoyed it. Uh, that Harrelson's was like 40 years enough. ago. That was like 40 movie. years ago that movie was made. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, but yeah, she was kind of gross then. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's probably still totally unaware that she killed Kurt Cobain. Uh, I'm, I'm sure she's well aware. Uh, yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it. I really did. Uh, Woody Harrelson was awesome in it. Um, and, and again, it goes back to the whole 90s thing I was telling you. I'm going back and watching stuff from the 90s that I just haven't really appreciated before. Uh but uh, watch that. Uh, I told you earlier before we start recording. I watched Boogie Nights for the first time. Oh, yeah, yeah that's thoroughly right. enjoyed yeah. that. That's, that's just fun. Uh, although I think it could have been the time could have been shaved out a little bit, and there's stuff in it that just has no reason to be in there that doesn't move the plot along to me. Uh, the whole thing about Don Cheadle just doesn't. You could cut that out and the movie will be just fine. Uh, What's the whole plot line with him again? He sells speakers and shit? 
Yeah, he sells speakers and he has the uh no 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 his wife doesn't cheat on him. That's the other uh, guy. That's William H Macy. Yeah. His wife is played by Nita Hartway, which was really funny yeah. to see. Yeah. Uh real porn star. But yeah. Yeah, so she's she's probably really taking all those dicks. Oh, but, for uh, sure. She's just like taking a dick. She's like, uh, mellow out. You're harshing my mellow, bro. She's like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, she's get, just like that. DP'd. Uh, well, I couldn't help but laugh, but she's like, just go sleep on the couch with like this young stud and just plow her from behind. And he does it. Yeah. He has those huge, like, puppy dog eyes, those yeah. cuck eyes. No, don't do it. <laughs> it's. But it. Uh, yeah, it's it's really really pathetic. Um, but uh, yeah, and his 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 uh, whole like revenge is to kill himself. Like yeah, after what the fuck? He, he kills her and then he's like fuck it. But then he kills. Oh, he killed her yeah, too. Okay. Have, yeah, he goes and he kills her and the guy that she's fucking on the New Year's in nineteen seventy nine. And then, uh, and then he shoots himself, and then later you see a horribly painted picture of his face where he killed himself, uh, which is not a not a very good legacy. Yeah. But uh, oh god, what, what you were going to uh, talk about that yeah. dick, that Mark Wahlberg dick? That dick. I, I love that they held that off to the very end. You know, he just said, "I was stunned." I'm a star. Does this make me look cool? And shit, just whipping his dick around everywhere. And the scene where uh, he filmed his first sequence, yeah. and Philip Seymour Hoffman is trying his best to hold up the boom mic while oh, he's yeah. like, and dude, his reaction to seeing Dirk Diggler's dick is hilarious yeah. because he wants that thing so bad. He's uh, like salivating and, and he's just like, oh, making all these awesome noises and shit. Barely yeah. painting himself. It's it really is hard funny. to watch. It's hard to watch. I can't <laughs> watch it. Just, just pure lust in his eyes. He does way too good of a job. Well, that's what I thought was awesome because uh, he did Big Lebowski right around the same time. And that's a totally different character. You know? Yeah. Uh, great actor. That's a shame he's gone. Great actor. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's. The, yeah. the, the scene with the uh, the colonel, you know, who, who originally funded Burr Reynolds, uh, Jack Horner. Uh, yeah. The scene with him uh, at the end, they're playing a song and it's neatly tying up all the loose ends, and he's like getting the shit beat out of him by this huge inmate uh, yeah. because he's a pedophile. And so, <laughs> I, you know, I didn't see the point of that being in there because it comes out of nowhere. Just be thrown back in there. I'm not defending, and I'm just saying that it didn't flow to me. It was funny, but I, I don't know. The movie needed to be, I think, half an hour shorter. I, I, but, I don't uh, agree at all. I, I've forgotten it. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, I've seen it quite a few times, though. I should remember more than I do. But uh, no, like I, I remember. I watched that back when it came out. What year is that? Like '93 or some shit. Uh, Boogie Nights is 95. Oh, was it 97? Okay, well. I think it's 97, man. You may be right. 
But uh, I remember watching that whole movie and like when he jerks his dick out at the end, like being really disturbed by it. Like, uh, <laughs> like I was totally cool up until then, and it uh, totally ruined the whole thing for me. It just sits there. It's so funny. Uh, no, it's obviously fake, but uh, it's just. Yeah, I agree with you. It's. I mean, Paul Thomas Anderson's like one of his first movies, isn't it? I think so. Uh, and you see a lot of his like really weird like camera angle stuff going on. Like he has a bunch of like low shots, like uh, where he follows people down hallways and stuff. Uh, it's like like, like a knee, like the camera. He's got the camera under Dirk, and Dirk is just going to town, and you see his balls just flying everywhere. That's a great shot. Yeah, yeah. like she's just flying all over the camera lens. And you hear Philip Seymour often, you know, breathing heavy, like he's playing an intense game. Yeah, yeah, man, it's... uh, Intense game of hide the chubby. uh, Yeah, hide the chubby. (laughs) But, uh... Oh, hey, Dirk, uh... You want to see my new car? Oh, man. Yeah, and he just starts kissing him and shit. Oh, hey, Tommy. Uh, I don't feel that way about you, Tommy. Huh. Say hello to your motherfucker. He has flashbacks to being a mean man and just starts beating the shit out of him. Yeah. Uh, So what do you think overall? Do you like it? Do you just thought it should have been shorter? I thoroughly enjoyed it, man. Yeah, I, I really did enjoy it. Like, you know, Julian Moore was good in it. He was gracing yeah. for Reynolds, you know, at least in one uh-huh. last big role. Uh, yeah. Because he's awesome in that. Heather Graham, you know, I I loved her at the time. And yeah. she's looking great in it. She's good in it. Uh, oh, yeah, she is. You know, you're seeing, you know, people who are now stars, you right. know, when they're first starting out. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Of course, Mark Wahlberg, Don Cheadle. I think John C. John C. Riley. John C. Riley. He's the best part of the movie, I think, in my opinion. He was, he was great. Uh, Thomas Jane was in it. I was really surprised to see him. Oh, really? Uh, he was in it. Alfred Molina was in it. Uh, a lot of William H. Quite good cameos. Yeah, you know, he's awesome. I think that's, I guess, right after Fargo. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I didn't realize till last night that I guess that same year we had the part of people often, both in Ben Lebowski and that. Oh, so, shit. Uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, two great movies in one year from them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and speaking of Fargo, I finally watched that for the first time. Which very, That's so crazy that you hadn't seen that before. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. It's I don't know how I haven't, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thought it was great. Uh, you know, I'm, I, again, I went back and watched Barton Fink for the first time as well because I'm trying to catch up on the Coen Brothers stuff. Oh, what did you think of that? I didn't know you watched oh, that. Oh no, John Turturro is one of the best actors out there to me. Mm. He's like, but seeing him with John Goodman is always good. Yeah. Because, uh, like, uh, you look at uh, Old Brother, Where Art Thou, you know, Turturro can easily play somebody who's very intelligent 
or somebody who's dumb as fuck. Like he he is an old brother, and he's hilarious in that. And John Goodman's in mm-hmm. that, you know, being just an asshole clansman. Uh, it's just funny, man. It's uh, I don't know, man. I I, uh, I I've enjoyed those both those uh, Coen Brothers movies I saw. I just noticed HBO Go had uh, Hail Caesar on it for free yeah. now. So uh, I'll check that out probably over the next day or two. Uh, but yeah, check that out. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, check that out. Let me know what you think, and I'll I'll rewatch it. And we can talk about that, too, if you want. Yeah. Coen Brothers are... Not everything they do is great. But yeah. they're unmistakably theirs. And none, I've never seen anything they've done that I thought was horrible by any means. No. But, uh, you know, uh, Lady Killers, even though I liked it, it's not a great movie. Uh, That's one on my list to watch again. Uh, I've it, seen it, but it's been a while. It, it just doesn't gel uh, like it should. Uh, it, it's almost like it wants to be a period piece. And then it takes place in the contemporary, you know, Mississippi of that time. Uh, right. It doesn't. It doesn't work. I mean, you've got like Tom Hanks, who is like a genteel Southern uh, thief, mixed yeah. with yeah. one of the Wayans brothers, which they just don't. There's, there's no cast chemistry there. No. But uh, there's good stuff in there. But uh, I, I see the same about intolerable cruelty which I went back and watched again. I watched that when it first came out. Uh, that That's really watched. more of a uh, romantic comedy. It is. And it is. it's probably one of their more successful movies. It's, I mean, it's not bad. It's just, you know, I, I can't, like, I look at Old Brother or uh, Martin Fink or Fargo, and I right. think I can honestly say this is a fucking classic. This is a fantastic right. movie. It just works. And those don't, you know. Even True Grit is actually a very good. It's unnecessary, but it's a good remake. Of, sure. Uh, of the original, but you know, if I'm going to watch True Grit, I'm going to watch the John Wayne one, even though I love Jeff Bridges. Um, I mean, you got to admit though, they got a pretty goddamn good track record when it comes to making they movies. They do. Better. Oh, than, I, I totally say that. Yeah, I'm. I'm all. That's I what mean, I'm saying. We, I've never seen anything that I didn't like of theirs. Yeah. Uh, it just not everything clicks, you know, because they set a standard, you know, when they do a great movie like Fargo and Big Lebowski, and they don't always meet it. That's fine. I mean, that 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 happens. You're always going to have something just doesn't, you know. Uh, it doesn't meet that same level of, of success, but it's uh, it's still great. I mean, they both are great filmmakers. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't watch a movie that is be like, well, I just wasted the last two hours of my life. I never do that. Exactly. Uh, because they always bring something new to it. You know, they leave you thinking. Uh, I need to watch like the Hail Caesar. I need to watch Miller's Crossing. Which I really want to see. Yeah, Miller's Crossing. Uh, good. Uh, let me just look at. Uh, um, I would just look at their IMDb and watch everything they've done, man. Like everything yeah. they've done is, is 
I mean, it's like you said, like nothing is going to, you're going to be like disappointed. You know, like burn after reading, oh. you know, is not, it's not a fucking masterpiece. Oh, that's yeah. that's another one. I, I still enjoy I, that. I went back and watched. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's the same here. You know, it doesn't always click, but yeah, it's it's good. You know, uh, that's, uh, George Clooney, I'll give the Coen brothers this. I don't care for George Clooney and the public fight at all. He's got a big fucking mouth. Uh, but he is awesome in the Coen Brothers movies. He just is. I've never seen him in a role that I did not like him, and I love him in their movies. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, uh, I, I, I love him in uh, uh, A Brother. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's great in that. Uh, I mean, he, he really carries that movie, you know, despite the fact that he's surrounded by other great actors. He really does hold his own. Uh, but I mean, listen to this, man. But, we got Blood Simple, Raising Arizona, Miller's Crossing, Barton Fink, The Hudsucker Proxy, Fargo, The Big Lebowski, Oh Brother. Like that—that's like a ten-year, that's twenty years worth of movies right there. And I think every one of those fucking movies is is, is fantastic. I love Hudsucker, even though I don't know a lot of people tend to put it down. Uh, I enjoy the hell. Of I mean, it may be one of the weaker films of theirs, but it's that still doesn't mean it's not a good movie. You know, and then you got the man who wasn't there, which I'm not a huge fan of that one, but I haven't seen it in a long time. That's the one that's kind of <laughs> yeah, odd. They did a black and white. Yeah, with uh, uh-huh. Billy Bob Thornton and uh, James yeah. Malfini and yeah. Frances McDormand. Frances her name. I'm sure she was in it. Yeah. No. Um, but no. But yeah, for sure, no. man. I'm, I've I've been a big fan of theirs for a while. And a lot of their stuff, oh, like yeah. you, I've noticed, like you have to watch it multiple times to really be able to get it all. Like I didn't like Big Lebowski when I saw it the first time. I didn't like Fargo when I saw it the first time. But now they're both like one of my favorite movies. You know. Oh, man, yeah, the movies are so weird. I mean, these two are... Uh, I'm so glad that the brothers have worked together as well as they do. Because uh, they both obviously have things they could throw into it. And it just it's, it's phenomenal, this stuff, man. Like I said, even the weaker efforts, like Lady Killers, that's, it's so multi-layered. There's great yeah. things in there. It really is. And I do enjoy it. But I cannot put it right. on the same level as their, their like, Radio Arizona or Lebowski. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, I mean, they think through everything, it seems like. They don't leave anything undone, for the most part. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I yeah, mean, there's, there's a few I need to really get caught up on. Like, what is, is it a simple man? Was that theirs? A simple uh, man, yeah, you're right. Okay, okay, that's on one of these free, uh, well, one of these streaming things. I need to oh, watch it? that okay. too. I've got that on Blu-ray. If you want to borrow it, um, it's. I, I think I may have told you about it before, but it's. Uh, it's definitely different. I, I think it's much more personal of a film for them. 
because it's about this uh, young boy basically coming of age tale of a young Jewish boy. Um, and I think a lot of, you know, a lot of it may be similar to how they were brought up, you know, yeah. and it's another period piece. It was probably during the period of time they were growing up. So I, I'm just guessing that it's somewhat you know autobiographical. That's cool. Uh, but um, it's, it's not a bad movie either. It's well, one you never thing. hear just talked about. I don't think they can do much wrong, you know. <laughs> but yeah, you're yeah. right, man. I remember when it came out in theaters and just kind of disappeared. Yeah. Uh, the same but, with uh, Inside Lewin Davis. Inside Lewin Davis, that that one kind of disappeared too, just kind of fizzled. But I mean, it's much of the same. I mean, it's it's the same type stuff. It's another period piece movie. It's just an odd little flick, you know. It's it's not it's not great, but you know, I would I, I would definitely say it's worth watching. Well, that's the thing. I mean, with the Coen Brothers, you know, when you pay the ticket price. I mean, you're not going to regret it. <laughs> right. Uh, hmm. I uh, was reading uh, some trivia on No Country for Old Men. It may have been Josh Brolin that was talking about, um, you know, he was so excited to be able to work with them. He he actually had a, he hurt his shoulder, I think, maybe a motorcycle accident or something right before he was cast. And yeah. they actually changed some of the script. To, to accommodate that, you know, like he gets shot in the shoulder in the movie, um, so it really didn't didn't affect the the movie or the filming at all. But um, he was saying that you know w- when they were writing that thing, like they would write like like they they'd spend a day writing and then they uh, would uh, they'd get like you know one little tiny thing like decided like they would get like. Uh, you know which side of the of the of the of the, of the uh, belt you know he would wear his gun on or something, you know something so minuscule, um, so that very you know, very detail oriented, and I, I think it really yeah. shows. Oh man, yeah, yeah, benefits everything greatly. Oh man, oh, um, but. Uh, no, I'm I'm uh, I'm glad I've been going back and watching, you know, uh, this stuff because uh, it's the same with the old '90s stuff. Anyway, I've just been missing out. And yeah. This is stuff I definitely want to, uh, I guess, increase my library with with these yeah. great movies. Uh, oh man, people shit on the '90s, like you know, like we were saying, uh, but there's a lot of great stuff there. I mean, it may not be. You know, as great as the '80s was, but there's some good stuff in the '90s. Yeah, overall, the feeling of the late '90s I still despise. I don't know if that's because I was coming of age then and it just kind of sucked, or uh, uh-huh. or, or I, I think it's probably that combined with the the deterioration of quality. Uh, because you look at shit like the you know Batman and Robin and which is yeah. indicated with that time. You know, just these hollow shit fests. And there was plenty of that in the 80s, but more of that seemed to have soul to it, I guess. Or, uh, you know, or at least the special effects had more of a personal touch to it than the special effects of the late 90s did. Yeah. 
Like, uh, for me, the, the 98 Godzilla is just a perfect example of that. It's a very hollow movie. Yeah. You know, not even counting my personal issues with it. It just doesn't add anything to anything. You know? Yeah. I, I wish they had made the 83 3D Godzilla movie they were planning on making, even though it may not have been good. I would much prefer it because it was 80s. Yeah. Yeah, better than, than than what we got for sure. It couldn't have been any worse. Oh no, 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 not at all. But, uh, um, well, we can. I guess we could talk about. Uh, was it Kong? Uh, Skull Island. Skull Island. Is that, was, yep. is that uh, you got a chance to watch that trailer? What'd you think of that? <sighs> Oh, it looks awesome to me. It, it really? really, it was surprisingly good. Uh, and I think, it, you know, if you don't like the Peter Jackson Kong, which I get, uh, yeah. this one is going to be totally different. Uh, Kong is huge. He's at least 100 feet tall. And, uh, <laughs> and it takes no place one. in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, they're just building up for... For, you know, God's you know why? He's been he's been uh, taking his vitamins and now he's a whole lot bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been rolling now. He's just been eating nothing but HGH for years. <laughs> or <laughs> ape growth hormone. Yeah, we'll go with that. AGH. AGH. Uh, he's been he's been chimping out for so many years. Oh man, yeah. But he looks great. Uh, you know, it's got John Goodman in it, uh, Tom Hiddleston, Samuel Jackson. Uh, a great game. Like I said, yeah. it takes place in the 70s around the Vietnam War, uh, which is another cool setting, I think, for it. Uh, so I guess it takes place around the time the 76 King Kong was made. All of that one was just bad. Uh, and the other creatures, that there doesn't look like dinosaurs on this island, but there are some giant creatures. Like, it's a huge ox, which is weird. But, you know, hey, I'm willing to see where this where this goes. Look, but, now, look, I'm, I'm seeing Samuel L. Jackson here. Are there, uh, are there monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane? Ah, uh, man, I hope so. <laughs> That's oh, the, the the TV edit for uh, uh, Snakes on a Plane. Snakes on a Plane. Man, I hope he uh, always remember himself. that. He needs to start doing that in movies. Like these I mean, horrible the dumbest... TV edits. Yeah. Yeah, you don't find John Goodman's in the it. Alps. Yeah, I, I didn't know John Goodman. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's, been, he's noticeably lost weight, which I'm glad for him. Yeah. Uh, John C. Riley. That's right, he is in it. There's a big beard on him, but I think that's him. Yeah, it's him. It's him. He plays oh, wow. He's, he's been a strong for a while. He's huge. Oh, yeah, Kong is massive. Uh... But it, it was cool, man. It's got that cool look in the 70s, too, and I think that would be really neat. 
Uh, and it is heavily tied. You can see some promotional materials for it that mention Monarch, which was a company, uh, not, not company, but uh, the government entity that was studying uh, Godzilla, the 2014 Godzilla. Really? Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's directly linked with that. I've got no problem with that. I mean, that, that sounds like a really fun idea. I mean, I, if it, okay. I just kind of worried about the execution, but... We'll see. You know, Gareth Edwards won't be doing another Godzilla, which I think is for the best. Nah, he's going to do uh, Star Wars, right? Uh, I don't know that he's going to be doing any more Star Wars. Since Rogue he 12. Did Rogue he do Rogue One? one? They, he did, but then they brought in somebody else to do a lot of research. Oh. So there may be some issues there. Uh, Edwards has some good ideas, and he, he could do some things well, but he needs to be pulled back so he can learn a little more because the Godzilla was very boring at parts. I've got some problems with Godzilla, I won't lie. It, no, I didn't uh, it, I mean, it's... Uh, it's like I say with everything. I mean, it could have been worse, but, you know, I guess I'm just hard to please, you know? You know, I mean, I, I'm just so nitpicky about everything, but it was just a little boring at some parts, and it was awfully oh, dark was. and hard to see. And I, I just, I mean, I, I get what they were doing, and, you know, I just feel like it didn't translate to what the audience wants, you know? But, uh. Killing all. It, Brian Cranston, so early in the film, and then putting a human black hole in the main part, Aaron Taylor Johnson, <laughs> who's just a boy. He is literally a that. boy. Yeah. Uh, I don't like that guy. That hurt him a lot. That combined with him starting up awesome scenes and then pulling away from him all the fucking time got really old. You know, I understand building up to it, but you can only do that so much before you start pissing people off. And then you ruin the big reveal at the end. Um, yeah. Godzilla himself was, was great, I thought. It was a good interpretation of him. Uh, like the way he looked, you know, the way he acted. You know, he's very much the late 60s, early 70s anti-hero Godzilla. He's not the 50s one. Yeah. But that's fine. You know, I just, I wish they had been more honest in the trailers about it, but that's fine. Uh, but the fact that uh, the next one is set to come out in two years, uh, we'll see now because I'm not hearing anything else about it at this point. But with King Ghidorah, Mothra, and Rodan coming into play, it, it could get very interesting. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, and then King Kong and Godzilla will be fighting in 2020. So. It's just so hard to get excited for stuff that's so far down the road. And look, if if this Kong movie is not successful, that probably won't even happen, you know? Exactly. It, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's... It's kind of irritating when they start jumping the gun. Too much. It's like, yeah, why don't you make this and see how well you do in the movie? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, they, no, just, don't do they just put too much damn money into stuff, man. It doesn't need to be that, you know, that much of an ordeal. I mean, no, cut the no, budget no. in half, you know. The the big budget doesn't make a better movie. All it means is you got to make more money to recoup your, your losses. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like that's a problem with a lot of movies. The budget's too damn big. And like it's like nobody wants to make these lower budget movies anymore. They want to put, you know, they want to put five hundred million into something and make six hundred million. You know. Yeah, I, I, like, I hate the way of thinking. I mean, the comic book I mean, movies I, are all like that. Like Fast and the Furious movies are all like that. Yeah, they they gross more than any movie ever, but they also cost more than any movie ever. Yeah, I mean you. Uh, and it's getting where, because of that, you don't really need to be a great director to work with all this. You, oh, it's just a product. And that's, you know, I know I've discussed this before, but I would love to see a company look back in the history and make low-budget films. Like, like the, I go back to it all the time, the old Hammer Horror movies, which were great low-budget horror flicks. Yeah. Uh, you know, stick with that. Make a great gothic horror, which you could do easily. You don't have to invest a hell of a lot in it. And Dude, they had shoestring budgets to make those things. Yeah, yeah, but it was because of the directors and the actors. You, that when you do that, you force the people to get creative, and that's when you start having what is fucking called movie magic. When you throw money yeah. and shit. It made these huge explosions and huge special effects on screen. That's not movie magic. It's yeah. cinematic diarrhea because it's just shit. I don't fucking care about all these huge shits coming out of a wormhole to, to bust a nut and the hawk's ass in the Avengers. I really don't. It's too much shit going on. You know, that's, I do I not like the, the end of the Avengers. It's too much. A special it's too much. It's something used sparingly. I, it's like it's it's too much. It's like sensory overload for me. It almost makes has the reverse effect on me. It makes me bored with it. Here's what I think it's doing. When they do that, they set that standard for the film to where you're expecting it. So when they keep delivering that, you're like, okay, it's just more of the same. But when you keep the expectations low at the end, like a slow burn, and don't use much of the way of special effects, don't show your, your your creature or whatever early on. Don't do that. Save it. There's a reason right. that works so well. It still can work. But when you sit there and throw all these special effects in it from the fucking credits through the whole thing, they're no longer special. You were just creating expectations for the next two and a half hours that you have to meet. And it's just the same shit over and over. You lose your whole element of uh, suspense. You know, it's like, there's a reason why you didn't see the shark until the very end of Jaws, you know? Or very, very little of him, you know? Yeah. It's just so fucked up, the mindset in Hollywood now. It's it's a shame to me that really the only ones keeping lower budgets really are just the horror movies now. You know, yeah. like barrel activity stuff, Saul, those are all low budget, those bring in money. Yeah. That's great. That formula does work. But that's all still it's just the same shit. Why not make 
you know, like I keep saying, go back to the gothic horror. Universal is talking about rebooting the old gothic horrors. But unfortunately, they wanted to use the same template that they're using for these big budget pieces of shit right. on that, and it's not going to work. Like this new, I mean, the that, mummy that's the first coming out. Which one, Sully? Uh, the yeah, the mummy with Tom Cruise. Oh, uh, oh Tom Cruise. Okay, I thought you were saying Tom. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Uh, um, it's like they they get these ideas, but they want to have these huge inflated budgets when it's just, I mean, for one, it's not necessary, but for also, if if that movie doesn't just do fucking gangbusters, you're not going to do another one, you know? There's that, and there's the fact that your directors and actors are not being forced to direct and act, but they should. You're relying too much on special effects, or you're putting them in front of green screens, and they can't act. They just yeah. They just react to whatever, you know? And, you know, granted, that's been an issue because, you know, back yeah. when they made, like, the 33 King call, they had nothing really to look at. You know, I get that. But yeah. they at least had sets to look at. <laughs> you could feel yeah. like you were in this world. You know, that's why I actually <laughs> felt sorry for Ian McKellen in the Hobbit movies when he just had to act against green screens. Yeah. He He's actually it. a really good actor, so... <laughs> He is. He's a fantastic actor. And to me, when they did that, they robbed him of that, of that experience yeah. back then, of his love for it. And I know it, I know it bothered him. Uh, but it's like, you look at the Tim Burton Batman movies. He created these awesome sets that you got to work on. You know, great special effects for Batman and Batman Returns. You're in that world. You're immersed in this world. Even though it's a comic book world, you're in it. But the newer stuff, I don't really feel like I'm in these comic book worlds. You know? Or the Avengers. It's just like, oh, whatever. It's all... It's just green screen. It's all green screen. It is. uh, You know, you mentioned Tim Burton, you know, and I was talking about that new movie, uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. And, you know, we watched all the special features on there. I watched it with my daughter, and she was really into it. But I was shocked at how much of that stuff was practical effects. Like, 90% of that movie is practical effects. Like, the that's only great. stuff that's green screen is is stuff that, you know, I mean, you can tell, you know, but there's no other way to have done it, you know. But, like, tons of stuff, like... The stunts, like kids are doing stunts, and it, it's just really impressive because you know that that was Tim Burton's call to do that, and it really yeah. shows. I mean, you you can really tell, you know, even today with as good as CGI is, you can tell when people are reacting with the real environment. You know. Oh yeah, man! It bring when they're reacting to that, it's more believable for you, and you're able to get into that world better. Yeah, <clears throat> but. Uh, Maybe he learned from Alice in Wonderland, which to me seemed like it was too heavily CGI. Uh, I can mention that uh, asshole of an ending. I, I didn't like the movie at all, but uh, I, I, that's yeah. not a very good example. I was just surprised. I was just saying I was surprised by how much was real, just because I'm used to everything being being CGI'd in, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it uh, 
it, it, it takes you out of it, but I think the younger generation, I think they're so used to it, they don't have a problem with it. Like, people that I are maybe 10 years younger than on. us. Yeah. You know, like, you know, I bitch about bad CGI, like, virtually nonstop. Like, CGI squibs, CGI bullet wounds, stuff like that drives me crazy. You know, yeah. I can begin to accept it, but I still bitch about it. Uh, but, you know, I, I just think that everyone else has become so used to it, they don't even care. They, they don't even know what it would look like if it was real, you know? Well, you, you talk about squibs, man. It's a fucking squib. That is one yeah. of the easiest and cheapest special effects to make. But you're doing CGI, you know, and it does probably CGI, cheaper. Like, I'm sure it is. But cheaper, if you're throwing millions of dollars at a film, don't sit yeah. there and be cheap on that. That's stupid as hell. Like when you make Rambo, don't sit cheap on squibs. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and that was some bad stuff. That, as much as I love Rambo, that that was lame. Granted, yeah, I agree. Each person probably would have needed about five thousand squibs on their bodies for the damage he did to them. Uh, but I mean, when you're when you're using CGI for the cheapest and, and easiest of special effects, that's a problem. Because CGI needs to be used for stuff that it's not easy at all to make. It may be way too expensive. Because then you're just showing that, oh, you're just trying to save a buck everywhere. Instead of I just think a that it, movie. it, in the end, result is sloppy filmmaking. Instead of trying to get the shot right in the camera the first time, or, you know, at all, you're, you just say, I'll fix it in post. And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take that out. I'll put this in, you know, and you'll let the whatever, you know, the the, the crew over in Korea or wherever the fuck handle it, you know, wherever the people that are actually doing all the special effects, wherever they're located at. But uh, I don't know. I think it just it it it, it makes a sloppy filmmaker, and it, and it winds up, you know, the the end result winds up uh, getting hurt. Yeah, it affects the final product. But what's funny when you talk about that, we'll just fix that post thing. The person that I knew, that I know about, who was notorious for that, was Ed Wood, who would sit there and uh-huh. say that shit. We'll just fix it later and post. You know, and but for these assholes to take the the uh, the, the filmmaking philosophy of a smart filmmaker like Ed Wood. It's, it's not good. I mean, not for like two hundred fifty million dollar budgets. Right, you know, I people agree. consider themselves great directors, but when you do that, you know better than Ed Wood. And I actually like Ed Wood. You know, he didn't get yeah. two hundred fifty yeah. million dollars. He had like five hundred thousand, if even that. Right. He had to do what he did. You know, these assholes don't. But yeah, I mean, it's. For me, it's it's almost like you take the mentality of anybody who works in, in any other job, you know, like I've worked, you know, you and I both work in like the movie theaters or retail positions and stuff. We uh-huh. naturally look for ways to cut corners on sure. how sure. much work we have to do. That's a natural thing to do, and that's what they're mm-hmm. doing. Exactly. But they're doing it on a much bigger scale. 
I don't know, man. It, it's I don't it 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 really takes a good movie to get me excited, you know. And you know, looking back uh, at the films of 2016, you know, I wasn't really uh, that impressed with a whole lot, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and I saw a lot of movies from that year already. And uh, I will say, uh, there's one movie I can recommend to you is uh, The Nice Guys, if you haven't seen it yet. Oh, shit. That's something that was offered at that uh, condo when I went to Destin with the family. Oh, yeah. And we had it, but we didn't watch it. It was that last time we were there, we just ended up doing something else. And I wish we had watched it. So Now, look, when I, I, see- I wasn't expecting much, but it's a really, really good movie, man. It's uh, Shane Black wrote and directed it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Russell Crowe, Ryan true. Gosling. Awesome. Uh, Solid flick, man. That's probably one of my, I mean, definitely one of my favorite movies of the year. But the one that I was most surprised by being good. It's a, a period period piece. Takes place in the seventies. Um, really, really, really good movie. I'd recommend it to you. Awesome. Yeah, I'll have to check that out because I've heard great things about it. I'm sure it'll but be available on on something streaming soon. Yeah, yeah. I'm keeping an eye on that. All right, guys. Well, uh, I think that's a good time to go ahead and cut off here. So um, we'll talk to you next time. And uh, thanks for listening. And if you have any uh, recommendations or ideas on shows, please let us know on Twitter or SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, however you want to get to us. Oh, thanks. We appreciate you listening.